Welcome to the Confessions of a Group X Instructor podcast. For group exercise junkies and enthusiastic classgoers, we'll explore and uncover authentic, thought-provoking, and heartwarming industry education and inspiration from entertaining, badass fitness pros. And now your host, creator of Warrior Rhythm, Warrior Strength, Warrior Combat, and Warrior Kids Group Fitness Brands, Ellen DeWord. Here we grow. They don't need to know. (laughs) Today, I'm going to be talking about a topic that, oh man, I, I think is so important. And I think I've been a fitness director, training, hiring, recruiting, even firing group fitness instructors since 2004. So holy smokes, that's like two decades And these are just some of the things that I've kind of learned along the way, being an instructor, working day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out with people similar to myself doing this, this thing that we do teaching classes. So I hope that's why you're here. You teach classes or you love to take them today. We are going to be talking about all the things that they, your students just don't need to know. And if you're like me, that can be a struggle. Like me, meaning I am so ridiculously like honest to a fault. I can't tell a lie to save my life. And I wear everything I'm feeling typically on my face. Uh, Yeah. So it's really hard for me to not, when someone asks how I'm doing, to not just like tell them everything going on in my entire life. And I've really learned that that's something that we need to shield our students from for their sake and shield our students from for our sake. So let's dive in. There's a fine line between being your authentic self showing up authentically, even vulnerably to your class and still remaining the consummate professional. How do we do that? How do we find and toe that line? We don't want to show up like robots that don't have anything going on in our lives, but we also don't want to wear all that on our sleeves. So I think that the things I go over with you today are going to help tremendously. Those of you that have been teaching for a long time and maybe have big classes, you um, you probably have what I like to call front row divas. <laughs> this is definitely a term of endearment and affection from me. Basically, if you're a front row diva in my life, like I love you. <laughs> You are someone that is showing up in such a meaningful way in my life. So I use that term purely with affection. And in fact, my front row divas have always become and remain my dear friends. So how do I show up like a professional? How do I do that with my friends right smack dab in the front row? We're going to talk about it. Let me tell you about my front row divas. (laughs) Their names are Stephanie, Anita, 
and Lisa. And then we sort of adopted another one, Amy, and then kind of Mike goes along with that. And it kind of goes on. I have quite a few front row divas, but this, it started years and years ago with Stephanie, Anita, and Lisa at my uh, gym before last, the, the gym that I was a fitness director for before the downtown athletic club of Eugene. And this group of girls was so close to me, is so close to me that we have a text thread. I'm like one of those people that loves to name a text thread. I'm also one of those people that really prefers if my friends have iPhones so that I can do things like name the text thread. And so this text thread for years was called SEAL. It was an acronym, Stephanie, Ellen, Anita, and Lisa. And then I got bored of that text thread uh, title. So I renamed it Elsa, Ellen, Lisa, Stephanie, Anita. I just make that point to illustrate the fact that I do become so close with the people in my classes. How the heck do I do that and still remain professional? Ooh, let's see. Here's how. Number one, your students do not need to know if you work for other clubs in town. Now, of course, when you develop friendships with your students, like I have with so many of the students, basically all my regulars are like my friends in the world. <laughs> Everyone who shows up for my class regularly does end up becoming a friend of mine. So yes, your friends do know about your life. They might know that you do teach at another uh, facility in town. I, by the way, do not. I'm exclusive to the club I teach at. But it's not an uncommon thing that instructors teach for multiple facilities, multiple, uh, multiple clubs. Your students don't need to know that you teach at another club. It's not professional. It's not professional to be on the payroll, on the clock, if you will, for one company and talk about the club, the class you teach at another club down the road, not while you're on their payroll. They don't need to know. They also do not need to know if you've taught other classes that day. Many instructors teach, I don't know, 15 classes a week. Not me. <laughs> not me. Those days are over for me. But Sometimes we have to teach two classes a day, sometimes even three. Some people do that regularly. Some people do that because they're subbing for someone. Your students don't need to know if you've taught another class that day. Your students don't need to know if you're gonna teach another class later that day. Why? Because it could suggest that one workout is just not enough. And that's not a message we wanna send to our students. It might send the message that they should be doing two or three workouts a day. It might also suggest that maybe you're not bringing your A game, that maybe you're not fresh as a daisy, I like to call it. Maybe you're not fresh. It might suggest that. We don't wanna do that. Your students do not need to know if you're injured. Now there's exceptions. In fact, at one point in my teaching career, I had knee surgery and you know, there's no way I could jump back into teaching, but I did jump back into coaching and I wasn't able to get on my bike 
and ride. And so I coached my cycle class crutches and a leg brace and all from sitting on an exercise ball with crutches propped against my bike. I coached it. I coached side note. Coaching is a great way to level up your skills as an instructor. So sometimes your students are going to know when I'm walking in with crutches and I have a knee brace in and I can't get on my bike, they're going to know that there was a medical issue going on that. And so for them, that would be appropriate for me to share that I had had knee surgery, but why wouldn't we want to tell them that we're injured? Maybe we pulled a hamstring. Maybe our shoulder's really bothering us. Why? Because that could suggest subconsciously or consciously to them that we got hurt doing our own workouts. It might beg the question, do you get hurt in your class? Is your class safe? Am I going to get hurt in your class? They don't need to know if you're injured. It's so hard not to overshare, but it is a powerful thing and it helps us maintain a high level of professionalism. Just like they don't need to know if we're injured, they don't need to know if we don't feel well. We have a tummy ache. They don't need to know. They don't need to know that we're feeling down or maybe we're going through a season of depression. I lost my dog. Um, oh gosh, it's been a year. It's been a year. And uh, it's like the hardest loss I've ever gone through. Mind you, I feel like I've been really blessed in that department and really sheltered from uh, a lot of grief in my life. And I haven't lost uh, people very close to me. And so Honestly, losing my dog was the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life. And it was so hard to show up and summon the joy and yet want to be real with students. How did I do that? How do you do that? I fell apart sometimes, but not on the mic not welcoming my class, not teaching, and not dismissing the, the room. But did my friends, my students that become my friends, did they know? Did I fall apart at the club? Yep, yes I did. But I did it in the private moments. That group of girls that I mentioned, the front row divas, and I, they're not divas like, 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 uh, you know, it's probably, it's probably a poor expression, but it's the one I use. So rock with me. My front row divas, um, one of them prepares these like protein, um, yummy, like snacks, protein balls uh, for us. And so after class, after class, we, well, first of all, we get uh, we get what we call stuck in the bubble. We, we've literally named it the bubble. And that's where we just get like stuck in the group fitness studio after class, like talking, loving each other, sharing about our lives, even sharing personal details in our lives. And it's like in places like that, that I will let my guard down and, and show my 
my real self, almost taking the hat is off. The professional hat comes off. In those moments, then we eat our balls. There's also a little place in our club to have coffee. So sometimes we'll go up and have coffee together and bond. And that makes me a better instructor. So again, how do you find the line? Well, one of the lines is when am I wearing the hat as their instructor? And when does that hat come off? And I'm the person, I'm maybe the friend. So one of the ways I bolster that wearing the hat, professional hat, is even if I know everyone in the room really, really well, and they've taken, let's say my warrior rhythm class 100 times, and there's no one new that day. It's a bunch of my friends and they know the format backwards and forwards. How can I keep the hat on? I still stand tall and I still give a super professional introduction as if there was somebody new that day. I still introduce the format. I still thank them for coming. I still act and talk and present as if it wasn't a room full of my friends. Once that hat comes off and we're in the bubble or we're eating our protein balls and drinking coffee in the little lounge area, that's where they see, um, that's that's where I can kind of like take that, um, I wanna say mask off, not uh, professional mask off, professional hat off. So they also, don't need to know if your heart is broken. I know that if you've been teaching for long, you've had a broken heart because life is hard. We lose our dogs, we lose our parents, we go through divorce, we get diagnoses. They're terrifying, or our spouse does, or our sister does, or our mother does. And I know you've had to show up and teach a class facing all of that, having that cloud of sadness. How do you do it? You sit in your car, sit in your car, sit in your car and summon, summon your love for what you do. Summon your strength and go in there and teach your face off. They don't need to know that your heart is broken. They don't need to know. Not in that setting, not there, not when you're leading your class. They don't need to know that you're going through a divorce. They don't need to know that you just lost your dad. They don't. And that goes for social media too. If you're sharing, if hopefully if you're building a brand as an instructor, hopefully you have a, a public uh, Instagram account that uh, your students follow you and people that take your classes that want to see what you're up to and when you're teaching that they can follow you. And side note, hopefully that account is your name so they can find you. Okay, back to the main point. <laughs> Don't let me get on a cul-de-sac. I call them cul-de-sacs because I tend to get on little tangents, but I'm real good at bringing it back to the main road. So the cul-de-sac was, I hope it's your real name and I hope it's a public account. Okay, anyway, carry on. Back to they don't need to know. That includes, they don't need to know if you're, they don't need to know about your grief online either. And I think, you know, vulnerability is important. And um, and I think sharing our struggles has its place 
But that place is when you've overcome it. That place is when you have tools. That place is when you can share the struggle, but you're really adding value and caring about the people that are listening. For example, my eating disorder. I uh, I have overcome, thank God, a heinous eating disorder that once almost took my life. I can share about that struggle because I can share tools of hope. I can be inspiration. Um, while I was going through a divorce, I don't need to share that. I don't need to share that. I don't, people don't need to know. They don't need to know. And I remember like not long ago seeing an instructor post about the season of grief and the struggle that they were in, like just in stories, you know? And I remember I was like, hmm, I wonder if they say that to their classes because everyone's watching. And if we put it in our stories, it's the same really thing as like announcing it to your classes. So they don't need to know. I recently had a little medical procedure that was kind of private and personal and I had decided it was anyway. And I, because of the procedure, I had to take like a little tiny bit of time off work, like a week, maybe two weeks. And people kept asking, people kept asking, uh, like, where, where are you? What are you doing? Why, why aren't you here? Are you going to be there tomorrow? Why not? Like, I just was bombarded by that question. And I really struggled, you know, that like Catholic schoolgirl, that like sensitive conscience that is, that cannot lie. I really struggled to be able to just say, I was just taking some time off. Thanks. It's okay. There's power in that. I didn't have to answer the question. And they don't have to know why you need a sub. They don't have to know. You can tell them if you want. They don't need to know anything bad going on in your life. Not there. Not with a mic on your head. They do not need to know. They don't need to know anything negative at all, period. Even if it's that you had to fight so much traffic to get to the club. No one needs to hear that negative. It just, it like creates a negative tone. It's, it's the group fitness studio. You cultivate that energy and that environment and that ambiance and the culture. You create that. And in the same way we talk about in our warrior instructor trainings about framing our cueing in positive ways and avoiding negative cues in the same way we want to avoid anything negative. I don't, not even if like the traffic was shut down, not if you have a migraine and you're struggling to teach. It's really tempting to be like, oh, I'm dealing with this. No, because we don't, A, we're creating an environment. We're creating a culture. We want them to feel so good. We want them to feel safe emotionally too. And we don't know what they're going through. I remember someone being diagnosed with cancer and coming to my class that day. Can you imagine? Maybe it's been you. Maybe it's been someone you love. But can you imagine hearing a doctor tell you that you have cancer? I think about that sometimes. I try to like put myself in those shoes. And can you imagine 
if you found out news of that magnitude and went to a class to escape it, because you didn't know what else to do, because what else were you going to do? Go home, curl up in a ball. So you mustered up the courage to go to your class that you always go to every Monday night. Can you imagine if the instructor was complaining about her headache or the fact that he was stuck in traffic? There is no place for negativity in our classes. They don't need to know how smart you think you are. <laughs> I'm saying this to the younger me, okay? <laughs> the younger insecure instructor me was like, I was like really good at like the nerdy, um, like I was, I was really bad at music. I was really bad at like a lot of things like rhythm, which is ironic at the time. Like I was one of those instructors that like couldn't figure out for the longest time how to move to the beat and stuff like that. But what, what I was good at was like, I was really brainy about um, the human body and I just retain that stuff that I read like a sponge and I basically sound like a doctor. <laughs> I basically fancy myself a physical therapist. <laughs> I'm joking slightly, but um, I felt insecure as a new instructor and I felt like I could compensate for that by talking overly technical. So I would literally be like, let's get in the supine position. <laughs> And they just don't need to know, like, they don't need, we don't need to try to impress them like that. They don't need to know how smart, uh, and they don't need to know how good you are. As a hiring manager for group exercise, I have had oh, just a couple, I've had a couple of instructors along the way tell me how great they are and has always struck me as interesting because I've never to date, I've never met an unbelievable, amazing, incredible, talented unicorn group fitness instructor who had to tell me how good they were. I've never met a good instructor that needed to say it because if you're good, it speaks for itself. If you're good, it's gonna be found out. And if you're real good, your rep reputation precedes you. So they don't need to know how smart you are. Your, your boss doesn't need to know how good you are. It'll speak for itself. <laughs> they don't need to know that you agree with their beef, their complaint. So sometimes members come up to us to complain about our sub or another instructor on our schedule, one of our colleagues, one of our co-workers, one of our peers. Sometimes we're in the position, I mean, it happens to all of us. We are in the position where, where members will come to us and give negative feedback about one of our peers, maybe someone who subbed for us. They do not need to hear you agree with them, even if you agree with them. It's not professional. Have their back. If they had something valid to say, ask them to talk to the group fitness director and give them that feedback or 
maybe you pass it along to the group fitness director um, and they can determine whether or not it is valid or not feedback. They don't need to know that you agree. So for example, if maybe you had someone sub for you and maybe a member says that that instructor didn't work them as hard as you. They're not, they weren't very challenging. Be on the ready, be ready. Be armed and ready to say something positive about your coworker. So you can acknowledge and should that you heard the member's feedback, that the member should feel heard. And maybe the member's right. So acknowledge that you heard them. And then again, either advise them to uh, pass it on to the group fitness director or let them know that you will pass that along and keep them anonymous. Um, but be on the ready to have your instructors back and to say something positive. There's something you like about your coworkers. Even if you agree with the complainant, you can still say, boy, we were so lucky that so-and-so did sub. Did you know I would have had to cancel class if they wouldn't have stepped up? Or they're so helpful. They're so willing to jump in and cover. I really appreciate them being here. Thanks for the feedback. Blah, 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 about passing it on. They don't need to know if you have a beef, if you agree. I mean, they don't need to know if, if they have a beef with the club facility studio, if you agree or not. So again, just like your coworker, have your clubs back. Defend your club, protect the owner. Again, acknowledge receipt of feedback, pass it along if necessary, but be ready for the positive response. They don't need to know if it's your first class <laughs> and you've never taught before. That'd be cool if you're listening to this podcast and you've never taught a class before. If you've never taught a class before, or let's say you have, but you're new to a format, you're nervous. They don't need to know. They don't need to know. Rock it like a pro. <laughs> Summon that confidence. I use the word summon a lot. Have you noticed? It's on purpose. It, it's because it's the perfect word for something that you can like generate almost out of thin air, like gratitude, like summon it, summon it. It's something that you can like beckon and call to come forth. <laughs> like you can cultivate that stuff. So yeah, they don't need to know if it's your first class or it's a new format or if you're nervous. They don't need to know if you make a mistake for the same reasons. It suggests that you're not confident. It suggests that like, what did they get themselves into? It's not a good look. If you make a mistake in the choreo, if they, if it's blatantly obvious, which sometimes it is because we're human, uh, make a joke, laugh, whatever, keep it rolling, keep it light. No big deal. <laughs> Avoid saying sorry. Sorry is not a good look for instructors. Like say sorry in all other aspects of your life. The other 23 hours a day own your mistakes, but the one hour a day that you're teaching, like don't own that. Just laugh it off, make a joke, um, or, you know, be a rocket scientist and figure it out on the fly. <laughs> uh, easier said than done, right, you guys? Um, yeah. They don't need to know what your political views are. Please. Mm -mm. No, 
not on social media either. Not if you want to be the consummate pro, the best, most professional version of yourself as a group X instructor. They don't need to know. It's a fine line. We want, we love them. We fall in love with them. They are our friends. How do we draw that line? So today, hopefully gave you some real practical, applicable, they don't need to know sentences. <laughs> hopefully you can tuck them away in your memory and recall them when necessary. These are all things I've thought about, oh my gosh, for the last 20 years. I promise it's wisdom, but there is a place where you get to take the hat off. Maybe it's in the locker room or the parking lot or the little lounge with a, co with a coffee in your hand and a protein ball where you can be the you, still be aware, still being conscious of the power in having some stoicism about what's going on in your life, shrouding yourself with just a little bit of mystery and mystique. Do we have to know everything about Beyonce to think she's like, oh, amazing? No, there's some mystique. She doesn't say much, does she? So, my friends, Love on your front row divas. Allow the friendship into your life. And let it bleed out all the way to the back row and become their friends too. But while you are on stage, while you are up front, while you have a mic on your head, they don't need to know what clubs you work for, outside of the one you're standing in, they don't need to know how many classes you taught that day, even if you were subbing. They don't need to know if you're injured. They don't know, need to know if you don't feel good. They don't need to know that your heart has been recently broken or that anything bad is going on in your life at all. They don't need to know how smart you think you are or how good you think you are. They don't need to know that you might agree with their beef they have with your coworker or the club. They don't need to know when you're nervous. They don't need to know when you make a mistake. They don't need to know why you got a sub. They don't need to know your politics. Yeah. There's power in stoicism in keeping some of your life private. My confession to you is that I'm a chronic migraine sufferer. I started getting migraines when I was 12 and they've plagued me my whole life. I'm not complaining. I'm grateful. So many people have worse. So many people are plagued with, um, tougher roads. 
I get migraines anywhere from, I would say an average of seven to 10 a month. And if you've, if you've suffered from migraines, you know, but they're, they're debilitating. I do take medicine that does help significantly, but it takes some time to work and it makes me sick. So it does remove the migraine within usually an hour, depending on the circumstances. Like I take the medication and then I usually need to be as in a, you know, low light, low light environment, low noise environment. And then the medication acts a little bit quicker than if I'm like at work and it's bright and it's loud or something like that. So, uh, these, the medicine works within about an hour and then I, and then I feel sick, but it's much better to feel sick, like nauseous, like pukey. It's much better to, for me to feel pukey than it is to have the migraine. And so this is something that I routinely show up to class struggling with. My class has never known. And they would never know. I summon, I summon my big old smile before I get out of my car. And I bring a big energy as if I felt fine. I got divorced in 2009 from my kids. Dad, my kids are big. They're grown. In fact, this is my youngest son's bedroom because he moved out. <laughs> That's where I'm podcasting from. So yeah, empty nest. And um, so I, I got divorced and I think it was 2009. No. 2004. I was 2004, I think. Oh my gosh. But anyway, uh, my, 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 I thought, I thought my life was ending. I think I thought I was so full of fear and, uh, but I, but like you would never have known I was going through anything. No one knew. No one knew. So friends, Think about that this week as you go about your classes. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited to share a little bit more of my real authentic self with, uh, with my professional hat off with you tonight. Thank you, Thank you for joining in on the Confessions of a Group X Instructor Podcast. If you're interested in becoming a Warrior Rhythm, Warrior Strength, Warrior Combat, or Warrior Kids Instructor, go to warriorinstructors.com. But if you want more and found this episode amazing, please give us a rating. And with a simple click to subscribe, we'll invite you back to our next episode. So remember, be brave, be bold, be blessed. And above all, listen, learn, love.